Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there. And as I have told you before, it was under the darkness of night in the rolling high seas off the coast of Somalia that members of the U.S. Navy SEAL Team 3 began a, well, routine for special operations guys. They began their mission climbing aboard an unflagged ship that was carrying Iranian-made weapons to Yemen for the Houthis to use in these attacks. Navy Special Warfare Operator 2nd Class Nathan Gage Ingram began climbing the ladder onto the boat. He slipped, falling into a gap that the waves had created between the vessel and the SEAL's combatant craft. And as he went under, Navy Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher J. Chambers jumped into the gap to try to save him. And that is what U.S. officials familiar with the incident are reporting now. That's an instinctive act, one that's honed by years of training, one teammate going to another teammate's aid. But they were both weighed down by body armor, weapons, heavy equipment, and so they plunged into the depths of the Arabian Sea and they died. Now, the mission, that, that was provided by anonymous source, by the way, but I don't think anyone's going to make that up. The mission was part of an interdiction of weapons to Yemen and now you can see why this is, these are attacks against America now. And the Biden administration is going to have to deal with them. But in the meantime, we have two families. The families of Special Warfare Operator Nathan Gage Ingram and the other Special Warfare Operator First Class Christopher Chambers. Their families are left behind they searched for these two gentlemen for 11 days because that's what they do. But the uh, Navy uh, ultimately had to admit defeat and release their names after they notified their families. Selflessly serving their country, professionals, exceptional capabilities. The loss is devastating, especially for uh, the men on SEAL Team 3 and their families. The whole you know, special ops community across the nation mourns. And uh, the White House, of course, uh, issued a statement saying that they were mourning the tragic death of two of America's finest, Navy SEALs, who were lost at sea while executing a mission off the coast of East Africa last week. Well, Commander-in-Chief, President Joe Biden, what are we doing? Why, why is the American sailor or seal in that position 
trying to circumvent Iranian weapons from getting into the hands of these Houthi terrorists who you, Biden administration, had declassified and said they weren't terrorists and now had to reclassify and say they are terrorists. Now there's going to be a whole investigation, as there should be, were they properly equipped, had they been properly trained for this particular mission, whether all the procedures were followed, and any decisions regarding the timing and the approval of this raid, including the weather and the condition of the water, the state of the seas, all of that has to be examined. But again, the team that was boarding was facing more than a dozen Houthi rebels, crew members. And they ultimately did seize a whole bunch of Iranian-made weaponry, crews and ballistic missile components, propulsion, guidance devices, warheads, and a bunch of air defense parts. And this is just the latest seizure by the U.S. Navy and its allies of weapon shipments, weapon shipments that are being sent to the rebels by Iran. But hey, we're not supposed to do anything except free up money for Iran. Just breaks my heart. Chambers and Ingram were assigned to a West Coast-based SEAL unit. One was 37. Chambers was 37 years old, enlisted in the Navy in 2012, graduated from SEAL training in 2014, has all kinds of awards. The other... Um, the other sailor, Navy SEAL, was 27 years old, just graduated from SEAL training two years ago. So much heartbreak. And that's why when I see these protesters demanding ceasefires for the war in Gaza, and I look at what terrorists do with no compunction and no, uh, they, don't, they don't even think about how absolutely dangerous that the situation is for everyone traversing those seas. I've got a nephew who's out there as a merchant seaman right now. And he, if he's in the Red Sea, I have to know that there are Houthis been trained by Hezbollah commanders who could care less if they attack the ship that he's on. And these are not ships that, that are... Uh, have big crews. You know, these cargo ships, as I well know, having had my stepdad was a merchant marine for 35 years, these are very lightly staffed cargo ships that make these trips into these dangerous territories. And the American, the American government has fallen asleep at the wheel. They don't seem to be aware of how dangerous things have become in the Middle East. And that's, that's a real concern really is. So I, I, I didn't want to be in this saddened state today, but it is what it is. And I take this all very personally, as I know you do. I know that the people who listen to this show are very serious when it comes to our respect and our compa compassion and concern for the men and women who serve and their families. So I'm sorry to have to add two names to our list of the fallen. It's never easy. It never makes, you know, never makes me 
it just makes me sad, and it should make everyone sad, and it should be talked about. But, of course, most of the media is going to be too busy today to talk about that. And I understand that, too, because I'll do my segment, hopefully, with Derek at the end of, the, of, this, of this hour, where I'll just try to forget how serious and how, how horrible what's going on around the world really is and how little attention is being paid by the people who could do something or could change something. Instead, there's you know, multiple indictments against a former president. It, it's just, what's wrong with us? We need to get it together. We really do, before it's too late. Had a great opportunity last night, addressed the Second Amendment constitutionalists and a great crowd, great people. Uh, it's always up to me to kind of rain on everybody's parade, although they know, you know, and I, I said, we got to be serious about this. They're, they're coming after your Second Amendment. They are. They don't want a, a population that's armed. Because unlike all of the nonsense that you hear people who don't know what they're talking about say, the Second Amendment wasn't put there so that hunters could go out and capture game. It wasn't put there so that we would be able to fight in the battlefield that we can now call our major cities in America. No, no. It was deliberately placed there so that if there ever was a tyrannical government that wasn't heeding the needs of its own people, that we would have recourse. So don't kid yourself. I'll defend that Second Amendment for what it was written. I don't need to hide behind, oh, well, you know, I have a right to protect my property. No, no, no. We have a right to protect our nation and its values. And that is, that's how I feel about it. And that's why these men and women put their lives on the line every day, whether they're actually boarding a vessel like these two were doing or uh, they're conducting some kind of operation in a jungle somewhere or they're overseeing the efforts of another country's uh, military trying to stop a war. And the you know, there's, there's just, we're so responsible to so many people. And yet we don't take this very seriously most of the time. How many people do we have even serving in Congress who have ever put on an, a uniform or had a family member wear the uniform? Unfortunately, far too few. Anyway, uh, don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That gives you uh, access to all of the podcasts, not just No Restraint and my daily podcasts, but also to the Cool Dad Rules, Bill's podcast, and the uh, Unidentified Alien podcast, which is a big hit. People all over the world are listening to that podcast, and you could have it right on your cell phone if you download the app, or at least go visit the website, and then you can also participate in the contests and giveaways. So the website is 850WFTL.com. Let me take a quick break and I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So, if this doesn't make your hair hurt, I don't know what will. The agency, UNRWA, the United Nations Agency, the Relief and Works Agency, which is this stupid body that provides aid to Palestinian refugees only. You know, every other refugee in the world has to fall under the same umbrella, but not the Palestinian refugees. Well, they just announced today that they're launching an investigation into suspicions, alleging some of its employees were involved in the attack on October 7th in the murder, in the rape and murder of Israeli civilians on October 7th. And if anybody has trouble believing that could have happened, you have not been paying attention. The agency said in a statement that it has severed ties with certain employees. Well, you certainly don't do that unless you're pretty much convinced that they were involved. The whole world is watching, by the way, while the United States has to make some hard decisions. Now, if Donald Trump was president, we wouldn't be funding UNRWA at this time anyway. And definitely, once these allegations came under review, then he would have withheld any, any money. Now, I understand that President Biden is considering that. They're considering pausing additional funding. Really? What are you considering? You have to pull the plug on any kind of funding. And you have to meet with the Israeli authorities who have all this information about who was involved. And if there were UNRWA employees involved in those attacks, then we cannot have a relationship with that organization anymore. That, that agency cannot deliver humanitarian assistance on one hand or claim to be doing that and then to be murderers at the same time. Mm-mm. It don't work that way. If you want that agency to receive funding to deliver humanitarian assistance, well, then guess what? You can't have staff members participating in murder. Now, they didn't actually say how many employees were supposed to be involved in these attacks or alleged to have been involved in these attacks, and they haven't even said what the nature of their involvement was. But any involvement, any, I can't, I, there's no uh, minimal kind of involvement that would make them not eligible for criminal prosecution in my mind. Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General, has been briefed about the allegations, and he says he's horrified by this news. Really? But are you surprised, sir? That would be my first question. Because I'm horrified too, but I'm not surprised. 
he's he's asked there that they conduct a, a probe to ensure that if there were any employees involved ha having participated or or aiding or abetting those attacks that took place on October 7th they should be terminated immediately no they should be referred for criminal prosecution how about that you know they've dragged Israel in front of the Hague criminally prosecuting a country for defending itself but they've got employees of the United Nations who allegedly participated in a massacre. And they're wondering if they should withhold funding or if they should, you know, terminate the employees. I think we've gone a little past that, that stage already. Secretary of State Blinken did speak with uh, Guterres just yesterday and said, you, gotta, you guys got to get to this quick. We need a, a thorough and a very quick, swift investigation of this matter because the Department of State has only temporarily paused the funding. But if these allegations turn out to be true, well, then the United Nations is going to have to make some major changes or we should not give another dime to UNRWA. I don't think we should anyway, but at least now, you can make the case. EU Foreign Policy Chief Joseph Burrell also said that the, he's extremely concerned by these allegations of staff involvement in the terrorist attacks in Israel. The EU reiterates its strongest condemnation of the attacks by the Hamas terrorists against Israel, which have no ju justification. And UNRWA who's been playing a role for years supporting you know, the, the vulnerable Palestinian refugees who, who need access to things like health care and education. Well, look at where the education has ended up taking a whole generation of Palestinians. They hate Israel and they hate Jews enough to massacre them. So that's, uh, you know, look, as I said before, I'm outraged, but I'm not surprised. And we better demand that the United States withdraw funding from this agency and that the United Nations disband this agency. This agency is, is unnecessary. If there's a refugee agency at the United Nations that handles every other country's refugees, why do the Palestinians get their own? I beg your pardon. And now we see a new clip. Hamas just released a new clip of three women that are being held hostage, Karina Ariev, Doran Steinbrecher, and Daniela Gilboa, who were kidnapped on October 7th. And these, this is psychological warfare when they do this. You're talking about two 19-year-olds and a 33-year-old. These are young women. And they are, they, they're pretty confident that this video was filmed within the last five days because they talk about 107 days in captivity. And the video opens with the caption, time is running out. And then notes the captives have been held for 107 days. Now, we don't know what the specific statements that they make in the video are yet because I'm sure First and foremost, they were scripted. 
they were told what to say, and then they were basically, <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for these women. It's a nightmare for their families. And this is against the backdrop of negotiations that are still taking place for releasing hostages. So, yeah. And they're just increasing the pressure on Israel. That's what they do. Daniela Jaboa, a 19-year-old resident of Pitatifka, who appears in the video, was abducted from the kibbutz on October 7th. Her mother, Orly, recently said, the last time I spoke to her was on that Saturday around 7.30 in the morning. I knew she was close to the Gaza border, and after a few minutes, she wrote back, Mom, I can hear explosions and gunfire. And then we saw her in the video showing the hostages and were informed later that day that she had been abducted. Karina Ariab is a 19-year-old from Jerusalem, also abducted from the same kibbutz. Her family saw the video showing her kidnapping. I saw a video of her in which she's seen injured, and since then, I didn't receive any more information, her sister said. Is anyone taking care of her? We mustn't forget the women there. They need to be released. And then finally, the 31-year-old, Doran Steinbrecher, was abducted from the kibbutz, has a chronic illness that requires her to take medication that she's probably not getting in captivity. She's a veterinarian nurse. And her mother recently shared on this Saturday, we were at the kibbutz, she called and said she could hear the terrorists trying to break into her home. We heard noises and her phone went silent. And then she managed to send a single message to her friend saying she was abducted. And then the security forces show up at her home after the attack ended. They can't find her body or any blood. So she's a hostage. And I got I to gotta be concerned myself with how we treat employees at UNRWA who participated in this. Uh-uh. I don't think so. Anyway, let me take a break. We got uh, we got two more segments in the show today, and I, I have so much left to say. Just just stay right where you are. I'll be right back. All right. Well, I'm I'm just I'm one of these people who, when I have a sense of outrage, doesn't go away quickly. And I've got it. You know, I I am I'm frustrated. I saw an interesting. Now you're hearing a lot of people coming out and finally saying they're going to endorse Donald Trump. Um, I think one of the recent ones I saw today was um, Congressman Brian Mast, who heads up the uh, Veterans for Trump organization. And that's why it's so stunning to me. I mean, he's a member of Congress. He happens to be a personal friend, but that notwithstanding. He's the chairman of this group of veterans who support Donald Trump, and then I have, you know, ex-cabinet members saying that Donald Trump had no respect for the military. Like, I know Brian Mass very well. If you, you can't fool men who've been in battlefields, not very easily. And, and Brian Mass has taken some very unpopular positions over the years. He's not afraid. He stood up for, you know, things that I didn't think he should have stood up for. You know, he's, he's a little too soft on some of this gun stuff. But 
He's not afraid of what people have to say. He would not accept anything but respect for the military from a man he's going to endorse and support, I assure you. Instead, I have to listen to people on the left try to demonize Donald Trump regarding his relationship with military people, even people on the right. And all I'm thinking is, really? How'd you feel about the way Joe Biden left Afghanistan and we lost 13 brave American service members? Didn't have to happen that way. So I, I don't know where this has come from, these attacks, but I'm glad that guys like, you know, S Sergeant Mast, which I think is a title he, he, I have more respect for than Congressman Mast, although he holds both of them, he said he felt compelled to point out how ridiculous those allegations are. Now, mind you, some of those allegations comes from, come from members of Trump's cabinet, his, his chief of staff, a general. So I don't know what, you know, to me, the only answer is these are globalists and they're in both parties and they really think it's okay to drag the men and women of America through war after war after war, leave them vulnerable to attacks in the Red Sea, in Afghanistan, you know, failing to even leave without a total chaotic scene and a disastrous outcome for the troops. Donald Trump doesn't have anything like that on his record. He passed the largest reform of the Department of Veterans Affairs in a generation. He gave the VA accountability. He gave VA choice, and he fired over 11,000 federal workers who weren't giving veterans the, the, the time and the quality of care that they deserve. He secured funding, Donald Trump did, for mental health services. He expanded access to telehealth and suicide prevention resources. In his first term, President Trump decreased veteran homelessness. He increased the educational benefits, and he achieved record low veteran unemployment. So it's about time. I mean, I'm grateful that Congressman Mass and a group of veterans said no more. You know, we'll stand up and tell, tell the truth. And that's important. There's going to be a lot of lying. I'm watching it now. A lot of people taking political advantage in this race. They just, they hate Donald Trump more than they love this country. And that's a very dangerous condition to find it. We have to pay attention to what's going on. And we have to fight back against some of these stories that are coming out now in an effort to just destroy his candidacy. Uh, the American people have a right to choose their own candidates, and we have a right to, to vet those candidates. And we are tired of being told by the elites in these parties, whether it's the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, who would be best for us. We, we've been... We've been told that over and over again, only to find that their choice was a bad choice. You know, how many elections do we have to lose with some squishy, soft person who can't stand up? I think we lost enough.
I think the the people have lost enough. So, you know, look, people better get bold. That's what I told the Second Amendment constitutionalist group last night. You got to get bold. You got to stop uh, trying to be civil. You know, we, we, we want to come out with nothing but civility. No, we want to come out with nothing but facts. And then we want to come out with guns blazing. Pardon the uh, obvious analogy to the Second Amendment of the Constitution. But you got to know what you're talking about. And then you got to be willing to fight this insanity of allowing people to call us names and then we back down. Oh, I don't want to be considered that. And you, you, you know, you might be. They'll call you a racist if you say that, or they'll they'll call you uh, anti-immigrant. They have called me everything under the sun. I don't care. You know, the one thing they haven't called me is a patriot. Why? Because they hate that word, and, and they hate me. And I take that, I wear that as a badge of honor, and you should too. Stop standing down because you're fearful of, you know, what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? I have no idea. But whatever it is, tough. You got to get tough. This is going to be a tough year, a tough year. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. We talked about it last night with the Second Amendment folks that, you know, if you're a weak and, and you're fearful, then just go into your house. But as for me, they better not try any of that nonsense again. I don't want to hear about uh, disease X. I don't want to be here about social distancing and uh, closing schools and closing churches and uh, making everybody believe that they're in dire straits and everybody's going to die. The only thing that I'm afraid of is that people get scared again and hide. Don't hide. We got to be out and we got to be up front and we got we to gotta fight the good fight. This may be the last, you know, somebody said to me earlier yesterday, did I think this was the Alamo? I, I talk like I'm, I'm at the Alamo. And I said last night, this is, this is the Alamo. We're at that moment in history. Don't kid yourself. The bad guys want to do us in. And they don't care what happens to this country. As a matter of fact, they're, they're rooting for the end of this country. And that they continue to call it democracy, democracy, democracy. This is a republic. And we will preserve it. I believe that. But you got to believe it too and be willing to stand there next to me. Anyway, don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson. Then we're full out into the weekend mode. And that's a good thing because a lot of us need a weekend. I know I do. And then, of course, on Monday, we'll resume all the programming at 6 a.m. with Jen and Bill, uh, 9 o'clock with Brian Kilmeade, noon with Dan Bongino, and of course me back at 3 o'clock. But I still have one segment left. I've invited my son Derek on. We'll talk a little lighter to wind this out, and then we'll be uh, full out for the weekend. So stay where you are. One more segment. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it. That's right. As only the Kaufman family can bring it. How you doing, kid? My son Derek from TMZ. 
I'm hanging in there. How have you been? It's been a it's been a rough week around here. We're happy it's Friday. Carter's been a little under the weather, but he finally turned the corner. He's back to his usual vibrant self. Oh boy, I know what that means. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like you like a little bit of a fever to calm him down every now and then, but <laughs> he's back. Yeah, he's a chip off the old block. That's all I'm going to say. But I tell right. you, there's a lot uh, going on in the world of celebrity and. But before I get to that, I do have to ask you, I mean, obviously you're watching all of these trials that Donald Trump is involved in, the former president. And you have to admit, some of this stuff is so idiotic that it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing for your profession. Yeah, look, it's, it's, I don't think it's a great look for the country. I mean, democracy has kind of spoken. They, they want this guy to run again. I, I may not vote for him, uh, and I'm sure you and I will probably have different-looking ballots, but he should be able to run. And I think some of the mechanisms being put in place to treat him like the Kraken and, and sort of lock him in the bottom of the ocean and not allow him to run for president and things of that nature – are just a little strange, and, and they seem anti-democratic. So he, if, he, if Biden can win again in re-election, he should have to do it at the ballot box. That's my view on it. You could actually bring yourself to vote for Joe Biden? I'm just curious. You know, I'd probably, I'd probably abstain. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, and I just, I'm worried about the country more than I usually am. I have right. to say that. That's all right. So that gives me room to... Uh, to change your mind, and, and, I, and I'm going to work at doing that. But before we get too waylaid, let me ask you a question. I mean, obviously, Hugh Hefner and all of his women have been the subject of public interest for decades, but he's been dead a long time. Why is he still a headline story? Well, I'll tell you why, because a lot of his exes are now pushing their own memoirs, and one of those is Crystal, who has been, you know, she's she wrote a new memoir, and she's talking, obviously, about her marriage to Hugh Hefner. That's what makes her relevant. She lived at the Playboy Mansion during those latter years of his life, where it was sort of shrouded in some secrecy. They had some reality shows, but everyone wanted to know what really went on with Hef and his many girlfriends and wives. And, you know, she's described it as toxic, backwards. Uh, there's been reports that she alleged that he had cameras mounted to his bed and so forth, basically painting him as a creepy guy. Well, now he has an ex-wife, uh, Kimberly, who's sort of defending him um, and saying, look, all of these women knew exactly what they were signing up for. She was married to Hefner, by the way, for around 11 years, or, nice. or even more, sorry, uh, 21 years, from 89 to 2010. And she has two kids with him, and she says, these women don't have credibility. They knew what they were signing up for, and take it with a grain of salt, you know. Hugh Hefner wasn't a perfect guy, but uh, he's not the guy that he's being painted out to be. Uh, and, and she's sticking up for him. I thought it was pretty noble, actually. Yeah, that's actually uh, pretty unexpected, too. But I guess if he is the father of your children and he always treated you with uh, a decent amount of respect, you ought to defend him. He's not alive to defend himself. That's right. You know, when someone passes like this, for, to write a memoir and these tell-alls, it's, it's a little bit dancing on his grave. You know, mm -hmm. they could have said these things while he was alive, uh, and they chose not to do so, and it is a sort of one-sided story. So Kimberly, who was married to him, and obviously they, they got a divorce. It didn't end well for them. She's saying, look, he's not the guy they're painting him out to be. Nobody's perfect, and obviously Hefner had, a, had some peccadilloes, I'm sure, along the way, and it's hard to imagine him in the Me Too era, but she's like, he's not the guy that they're painting him out to be. He was just a an old man who, who liked a lot of blondes. That's who he right, was. Right, right. And made a ton of money because all men 
liked a lot of blondes. It wasn't just that's right. And these women also liked access to a rich old man. So she's just reminding everyone that there's two sides to these stories. And even if they felt taken advantage of, these were women, they were not underage. um, And they certainly wanted to put their foot into Hollywood in some way. And they found their opportunity in Hugh Hefner. And he certainly got things out of the relationship that he wanted. So there's a little bit of a a two-way street going on here. All right, but does Alyssa Milano really need to have a GoFundMe page to get her son's baseball team to go on a trip? I mean, I would have never begged that way. Does this girl go broke or something? Yeah, no, it's taken on a life of its own because she put up a GoFundMe for her son's uh, baseball trip, trying to raise some money, and she took a lot of flack over it because Alyssa Milano's had a long career. She was on Who's the Boss, obviously, on Charmed. I mean, she's a child star who's also had some success as an adult. And now she's she's firing back. She's saying, look, I'm getting a lot of media inquiries about whether I've ever financially contributed to my son's baseball team. I have. I've paid for uniforms. I've thrown birthday parties and sponsors and all this kind of stuff. And she's saying, thanks for the GoFundMe. I, I think she's leveraging her celebrity to raise money for something that she cares about. And she knows she's Alyssa Milano. And even if she does have the cash in her pocket, why not? Why not go and GoFundMe? It's not as if she's deceiving people. She's right. saying, hey, if you really like Alyssa Milano and you want to uh, donate to my son's baseball team, here you go. <laughs> Here's a way to do it. It's just cheesy. and you know, I, I just... It's definitely cheesy, but I, <laughs> I, have, I have a bigger bone to pick when you're deceptive about it. I mean, people use GoFundMe and they abuse it all the time, say they have illnesses they don't have and so forth. She didn't do that. She just said, hey, uh, you, got, you like me enough to give some money to my son to go to Cooperstown? You can yes. do it right here. That's so funny. Um, and then finally, I got to ask you, because one of our you know, favorite comedians of all time, I think that's true of just about anybody, um, would be George Carlin. There's actually, he, you know, people don't let dead people just be. It's certainly not anymore. I mean, now that we have artificial intelligence, they're saying that these the greats that we know and love will never die. And someone created a special called I'm Glad I'm Dead, um, and it's a full artificially intelligent uh, George Carlin special. I've listened to it. It, it is not exactly him, but it's dang close. Um, you gotta, you got to take a listen. It's on our website, the link. And he, they're now facing a lawsuit over it by his – you know, his, his estate said, this is a little too close for comfort. This is a, a very famous comedian's voice, and you can't just take a piece of computer-generated clickbait and detract from his comedic works and without harming his reputation, because it is a little bit different. These weren't ideas he ever explored in his comedy routines. This is just invented based on what AI was able to aggregate about George Carlin, his voice, and so forth. It's convincing and maybe a little too convincing, so they're going to sue over it. Is it as convincing as the pornography images of Taylor Swift, who I'm sure is going my, to be... My goodness. Well, some of those were just hilarious. I know it's very uncomfortable, but some of them were, you know, her with Oscar the Grouch. I mean, if you're looking at, um, at a pornographic image of Taylor Swift and Oscar the Grouch and you're confused as to whether it's real, that's more commentary on you than on Taylor Swift. But you know, look, it's, it's uncomfortable. She does have a... Her image is very valuable. So yeah. you're going to see a lot of litigation over artificial intelligence. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, well, I wish there was more actual intelligence, and then we could worry less about artificial intelligence, but be that as it may. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Derek. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Same to you all. Take care. All right. And that uh, basically does it for me. I mean, I didn't even get to talk about Harry's text to William, because that was bizarre, too, but we'll get to that another time. I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here on Monday 
at three o'clock, my regular time, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you. May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. See you Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.